Hello and welcome back to The Steph Gordon Show. I am really pumped because I'm pre-recording this podcast. As you're listening to this, I am in Bali on a Bali business retreat with 10 incredible humans. Tim and I are taking them around, helping them bust open their business, helping them figure out what their roadblocks are, helping them to see what their dream business looks like and get massive clarity on their next steps. We're doing the work. We're having fun. We've had massages. We've had cocktails. We even had a dress up night. It has been so incredible. And I feel so honored that this gets to be my work and this gets to be my life. But today, I am doing something we've never done before. I have my beautiful friend, co-host, podcast manager, podcast producer here, Alicia from PBC Studios. I'm a bit nervous because I haven't seen these questions and I don't know what they're going to be asking me, but I am so happy to answer anything on the mic, as you know. Oh my gosh, me too. We've been tossing up whether we showed Steph these questions or not, and they are a bit juicy. There's some things in here which are, you know, a little bit risque, a little bit of things going on really behind the scenes of the business. So there's so much that I know we're going to unpack. So we might warm you up and we'll start, you know, with some easier questions before we dive into all of the good stuff. But I can't wait. I actually can't (laughs) wait to hear these myself as well. So Steph, let's dive straight in. First question is, when did you feel like you had made it? I'm just trying to remember the exact moment because there have been a few moments along the way where I felt like this. One of them, I had the opportunity to present to 150-odd people at an event for World Entrepreneur Day, and I was the headline speaker. And I mean, for me, like my dream has always been to speak on stages. My dream has always been to motivate people and be able to present to them on something that I'm so passionate about. And I was so nervous. Like I'd never presented on stage like this before. I'd never been a keynote speaker. I'd never been the headline speaker, you know? And for me personally, it was terrifying. I even had a stylist come over and help me pick my outfit. Like I was so nervous. And I got up there that day and honestly, I rocked it. (laughs) Like I was so proud of myself. And I remember getting off stage that day and just feeling so lit up and so excited. And, you know, I had such a beautiful community. My friend Ash owns Fusion Bizco and she gave me the opportunity to do this. And it was a big networking event and all these beautiful women were there to just celebrate me afterwards. And it was so wonderful. And I got in my car that night and I just had hundreds of messages from these women just saying thank you so much and tagging me in their stories. And and that was when I was like, whoa, this is what it feels like, you know, like this is cool. And then probably the second moment was I had been after the million dollar business for, you know, not that long, but a year when I decided that I wanted to have a million dollar business to when I actually had it. But I dreamed of it since I got into business, of course, I just didn't allow myself to believe that I could have it. And when I first hit that first $84,000 a month, that was a moment where I was like, whoa, that is my entire year's salary in my day job. And I made it in one month. Are you kidding? That's insane. And I, I was just like, this is insane. Like, this is crazy. I can't believe I did this. It's phenomenal. Like they're just the success. And I think the the growth and the pace that you had it as well is something that I personally am so inspired by. Like, and you teach it, you give everyone the behind the scenes, the blueprint, like you are creating more and more and more successful people and millionaires, which is really cool. Off the back of that, the next question is, what is your ultimate goal? What does success mean to you? Success is uh, 
a word that I don't, I use it. I feel successful now. I, I, I feel like success is, has already been reached. I, I've anything above and beyond what we've already created is just, you know, wonderful and exceptional and, and allows us to service more people. Success for me is happiness. It's peace. It's finding joy in the moment. I think that success doesn't have to look like a million dollar business. And it's funny because I did think that's what it looked like until I hit it. And then I realized that actually, I was no happier with the money than I was without it, to be completely honest. And I had to do the work on that, you know, because when we first hit that milestone, I was working a lot and things were really hard in my business and had a lot of stuff going on in my life. And it definitely wasn't my happiest period of my life. And that taught me a lot because I realized that success for me personally was peace and was joy and was spending time with my loved ones and helping people and feeling lit up by what I do every single day. And it actually had nothing to do with the dollar figure, which was really interesting. But in terms of my ultimate goal, Tim and I have a joint goal together. And ever since we met, we've both been massively into self-development and we realized that there was really something in the ability to be in immersion, to be immersive, to have immersive experiences. And, and we first learned that when we went to Tony Robbins and we had that five-day experience and we were like, whoa, and we've done a few, you know, different kinds of retreats and things like that since then. And we know that the, you can change someone's whole life in five days. You can really alter the trajectory of where they're going in five days. You can change everything for somebody in three to five days. And so ever since we, you know, first moved in together, we originally, the house we moved into was huge. The first house that Tim and I moved into, it was like a five bedroom, three lounge room. I don't know. I don't know why it was so big. It just was. And we moved into it and we called it Helix House. That's the name for our gym. We called it Helix House. And we had this intention of having people live with us and, uh, you know, different people at different times for different periods of time to come in and live with us so that they could learn from what we do, from the way that we live, from, you know, a health and wellness perspective, from, you know, a business perspective. And we really believe that just being around the energy of other people wanting to level up will encourage you to level up. And at the time, Tim had a really good friend who had had some mental health issues and, and had been at that point suicidal. And we asked him to come and live with us for a couple of months. And now he has a multi-million dollar architecture agency. Um, he's incredible. Like, I'm so thrilled for him. He's done so much. And he, you know, got a beautiful girlfriend and they're really happy and all the things. And we just love that experience. And we've had friends live with us multiple times over the years, not because we needed the rent, not because we needed someone to live with us, but just because we really love being a part of someone's experience and, and really being love being a positive change in someone's life. So our big dream is to have the ranch, which is what we're going to be calling it. <laughs> it's going to be called the ranch. And it will be a beautiful farm stay experience where you can come and stay with us for five to six days, learn from us, basically live in with us for a short periods of time in your own accommodation. Uh, it's also going to have a retreat space on the back so we can run our own retreats from our own space and other people can run retreats from this space as well. So that's in the next kind of five years is that's something that we're really trying to build. My gosh. And I think when we first started talking about this, it comes with something else, this ranch. There's a prerequisite to this ranch and that might be a, a cheeky helicopter <laughs> <laughs> one of my when I was at Tony Robbins one of the things I visualized was a helicopter but I, I might not need it because <laughs> originally <laughs> oh, the original <laughs> it might be overkill originally the ranch was going to be based in a location about three hours from Perth but now we're looking at locations that are a lot closer so we probably won't need the helicopter 
God, you're going to have so many people message you being out after this, being like, put me on the wait list for the ranch. I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, you guys um, can come. Oh, my God. Even just watching this Bali retreat and how quickly that sold out, like I can only imagine what this ranch is going to look like. Fun question for you next, and we're staying on the topic of money because everyone wants to know about money and all of those things. This one, I am so curious to know myself. What was your biggest splurge purchase? I have I grew up poor, so for me, like splurge purchases are like, you know, but they don't have to be that expensive to be a splurge purchase for me. <laughs> Go get a Yeah, yeah, legit, like $200, like woo. But no, I, I did, the first splurge purchase I ever purchased was a pair of Chanel earrings. They were $600. They were the cheapest thing you could buy in the store. <laughs> I was even, a, it was so crazy. I had this experience where I was so pumped because I was going to go buy myself these Chanel earrings. Actually, I was buying them for that speaking event where I was going to be speaking no on stage, which is so funny that they've both come up today. So I went in there to buy these Chanel earrings and I knew which ones I wanted. I just had to go, you couldn't buy them online. I had to go into store to get them. And I went in there and I looked around at all these like $13,000 handbags and, you know, $10,000 shoes and stuff. And I went up and I was like, it's so stupid, the stuff that runs through your mind. I was actually embarrassed to ask for the earrings because I was like, are they going to know you're poor? Isn't that a funny thing to think when you are buying your first splurge purchase? And that was the, guys, like this was the mindset that I was running for a little while was like, you know, now I like don't care. Like, I walk in in my tracksuit pants and I'd be like, whatever, I'm buying whatever I want. Like, I don't care. But it's funny the stories that we tell ourselves. But that was my first splurge purchase. I, the second splurge purchase was I bought a YSL handbag. And so that was, yeah, that was like expensive and unnecessary and also bought after a couple of wines. So <laughs> <laughs> just shopping one day, I was like, went for a couple of wines with the girls and ended up buying a, you know, $3,000 handbag. So oops. I came home and Tim was like, no. I was like, oh. <laughs> My bad. Treat yourself. <laughs> and then I accidentally bought a Tesla. That was well, yeah, just accidentally. That that was an accidental purchase. I remember this. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I I already had the Porsche, so I definitely did not need the Tesla. And you know, the Porsche was a big purchase for me because I I upgraded pretty massively from my previous car, which was still a lovely car, but it just it was a big upgrade. Um, I just didn't like the Porsche. I never liked it. Like I obviously loved it when I bought it, and then after driving it for a little while, it just oh, I just. I never parked it right. It never felt good. It just was really hard to maneuver. I just didn't like it that much. And I spent all this money for this car that's supposed to be luxury. It just didn't feel luxury to me. I just didn't feel good driving it. it. Just It wasn't what I wanted. And so we just went down to have a look at the Teslas one day. We just thought we'd go and have a look, you know, where we were. Big fans of Elon. We're a little bit on the fence at this point. And then we thought that we'd go have a little look at, you know, the future of vehicles. And yeah, I just bought one that day. <laughs> Like, this is the car I was meant to have. Uh, and I came home. I think I got on a call with you guys later that day. And I was like, I kind of accidentally bought a Tesla today. Yeah, I was like, accident- how do you accidentally do that? But I love this circle that we're talking about. We're going from the girl who was terrified to buy some earrings in Chanel to accidentally buying a Tesla in a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I think it's so funny, those stories. As you said, like, I remember, like, walking into those stores and you always feel like they're judging you. Like, always. Always, always. And then when you do go in your tracksuit pants one day and you actually have the money, they still judge you. Yeah, legit. And like, ultimately, like, who cares? (laughs) You know, like, I don't know. I just, it's so funny now. It's, It's so funny how it changes when you create the wealth. Now I'm just like... I'd probably look more homeless than I've ever looked more often than I ever did because I feel like now I've just got nothing to prove. Like, I'm just like, whatever. I love this. And you guys, you'll see this in the audiogram. Like, Steph's just rocking her activewear today. Legit. I'm just sitting in my tracksuit. Those calls. (laughs) Yeah, like all the time. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's the best. It is the best. Okay. So moving into business now, what was the best and worst advice that you've ever received? Gosh, I think the advice that made the biggest difference. I don't know if it's the best advice, but the advice that really helped me quantum leap from, you know, zero to 100K months, that piece of advice would have been master of one. Because up until that point, for me, and I'll explain what master of one is shortly, but up until that point, for me, I thought that more programs, more offers, more stuff, more, 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 more equaled more. But it wasn't working. It just meant that I have more pots on the boil, more stuff that was burning, more things that weren't working. So Master of One is really about doing one thing and doing it really well, you know, and, and just continuing to do it in- incredibly and becoming known for it. And as a coach, for me, that that means one program. And that's why the only way that you can work with me and us right now is in our Purpose and Profit Mastermind. And it's been like that for almost two years because... I wanted to be the master of it. I want to be the master of it. And it's still in development. Like we're constantly still developing. We just last night changed around our entire portal and how it looks and how you navigate it and how you find content. We're always making it simpler, easier, better. We're getting the feedback from our clients and we're improving it every single day. And until I feel confident and comfortable that it is 100% the best thing that was ever put on this earth. And I, like, I actually believe that now to be fair, but you know, until I'm 110% sure that it is exactly where I want it to be, I choose not to do anything else. And the reason for that is because it takes a lot of time, energy, and effort to do something and do it well and to get it right. And it doesn't happen overnight. You don't just do it and then get, you know, 20 clients through, 30 clients through, and then, you know, done. Now we've created something successful. I can move on and do something else because at every level it breaks. You know, when we had 30 clients, it worked. And then when we had 70 clients, it no longer worked the way that it worked for 30 clients. It needed to be fixed. It needed to be changed. It needed to be amended. When we got to 140 clients, it broke again and we needed to fix it, change it, amend it. And we're constantly making changes to the program because as we take on new clients and as we bring in even like new waves of clientele, like clients that have higher income brackets, clients that are at a different stage of business, it means that we need to adapt the program again and again and again. You know, there's new problems every single week, every single month, of course, there's going to be new problems to business. And so until we get to a point where I feel like it's smooth sailing until I feel like everything is you know, we've, we've, we've tested the waters for two years, three years. I think everything that's come up has pretty much come up now that we can kind of put a stop to. Until I'm 100% sure or feel really super confident in that program, then I'll move on and maybe create something that people have been asking for, which is like high ticket masterminds or high level masterminds. But until that point, I just don't want to do anything else. And what it allowed me to do in the first 12 months and why we were able to quantum leap so much is because every other idea that I had Throughout that period, I could do this. I could do a low-level offer. I could do a high-level offer. I could release a mini course. I could do a launch. I could do this. I could do that. I just put it all out of my head. And I stayed so focused on just making PMP work. And like the one thing I think that really helped is it's not just master of like the one offer, but it was also the one marketing tactic, the one ideal client. It's also the one sales process. And so it was about getting all of those things streamlined so that if you reach out to us, the process is going to be the same every single time. It's going to be like, get on a call, have a conversation, like join our welcome caller. Everything is a beautiful, wonderful, amazing process that there's only one way of doing it. You can't just DM us and then get on emails and then, you know, jump into our Facebook group and then do like everything has a process. Everything has a flow. And because of master of one, it has that flow. So that was probably the best piece of business advice that I got. The worst business advice I got, I one of the first coaches that I ever worked with, I, I won't 
say who, but one of the first coaches I ever worked with gave me some pretty, uh, I'm sure it works for other people, but some advice that didn't resonate for me. And this is where guys, like, it's really important to make sure you're working with coaches, you know, that you can feel have the same values as you or that don't teach right way methods. Uh, like you have to do it this way, otherwise it won't work kind of thing. But for me, adding people on Facebook and then DMing them with offers, that was something that I got told to do quite early in. And, you know, she was like basically saying, you got to get 5,000 friends and that's going to make you look famous. And then once you look famous, you're <laughs> just crazy, right? You got to get guys, your friends I'm list. I'm laughing in the background here. I'm making Steph laugh. <laughs> so bad. You know, you've got to get to 5,000 friends. And then once you get there, you'll be famous. And then once you're famous, you know, your marketing will be less. So get to 5,000 friends, DM every single person. It doesn't matter who they are. Just DM them all and offer them your offer. And I did it for about 150 people. And then I was like, fuck this. This is just, I just am hating this. This does not feel congruent. It does not feel in alignment. And then a second piece of advice from a different coach and a bit later on and when I was a bit more established was cold call your clients. Oh, gross. Now, I'm not averse to cold calling. I think that there is a place for cold calling. I've done cold calling in my career, in my previous careers. I think there's a place for it. But that place was not in my business. And I knew my ideal client well enough who female business owners, small business owners, they do not want to be cold called by somebody being like, hey, you downloaded our free, you know, downloadable. I just wanted to see if you wanted some business coaching. Oh, like what? No. Oh my God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine like sitting in your lounge room and getting that phone call? You'd be like, one, probably not answer. But then two, What? Uh, and I really think it works B2B, maybe in corporate. I think probably calling cold calling corporates right. and potentially things like that, you know, it would work. It's not a tactic that we teach, but I'm sure that there is a place and a time where that works really beautifully. However, this is where like, yes, it can work. I think every tactic has its place. And I think every tactic works. You just have to pick the tactics that are going to work for your audience and your business. And those two tactics were not the ones for me and my business. And I think like it's good that you you teach that as well within PMP. Like that's something that you are so passionate about is like, you know, we will tell you stuff. We will teach you all of these methods. They might not be for you. But if yeah. they're not, here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> like there might here's be- 10 ways you could do this. <laughs> Pick which one feels good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. All about that, that heart-centering spelling, which is amazing. Are you struggling to get leads through social media? I know that online coaches make it sound so easy and babe, I'm here to tell you that it actually can be, but only if you have the right tools. To give back to my podcast community, I'm going to give you free access to my million dollar swipe file. After testing hundreds of different strategies, these are 10 of the exact posts that I used to grow a million dollar brand and it includes copy and paste templates for you to use straight away. One of the clients who used these templates got over 109 new leads in one week, and you can too. So if you're ready to start getting more clients and explode your engagement, use the link in the show notes below to download yours now. Steph, we're going to go stick on the money train, but we're going to go a bit deeper behind the scenes of the business. We have a question that would like to know, what is your current monthly recurring revenue? <laughs> I love this came through on the anonymous posts. People are like, tell me how much you really earn. Um, it's up and down. I mean, it's up and down depending on what we like. We launch stuff, right? We do stuff with, like, for example, the Bali retreat. 
you know, that was an extra $50,000 that for that month that, that boosted our revenue. So, you know, there are constantly things that we are launching. We, you know, created, uh, we just increased our prices for PMP. So, you know, it's, it is always in a state of, of flux, but our general monthly revenue sits somewhere between a hundred to $120,000 per month. And I'll put it on my Instagram stories today so you can see. <laughs> <laughs> Watch this space, guys. Watch this space. To- Oh, I love, I actually love some of these questions. They are really, really good and really interesting. The next one that we had that comes through is, have you had to ever fire anyone or let anyone go? Interesting question. And of course, you know, and especially when you first get started in business, most of you probably don't have HR backgrounds. And even if you do, it's very different hiring for your own business than it is hiring for somebody else's. And so you're going to make mistakes in your first few hires, probably. You know, it's probably not going to work out perfect. It's probably not going to be perfect. But yeah, I've had to fire people. I have a couple of, of examples. I've had to fire people for misconduct because, you know, they, they weren't doing the right things and they, they weren't doing it the way that we would like. And, you know, we tried and we tried some training, we tried some tactics and ultimately it just didn't work. So we've had to fire people for things like that. One of the, my most, I guess, uh, painful stories around firing, and, and I guess most true, just so that you know, like you're going to have to fire people if you hire people, it's going to happen. And sometimes it's your fault because you didn't hire the right person. Sometimes, you know, it's their fault because they, you know, misled you or, or they weren't able to keep up with the pace or whatever, right? But ultimately, usually when it's your own experience or your own, not fault, but like it's because of your own experience that, you know, you're having to let others go. It's quite a painful experience. And I remember in House of Hobby, my first business, and obviously that was when I first started hiring people, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I thought we were killing it because we were making a hundred grand a year, you know? Like I was like, woo, this business is on fire. I was so pumped. And I hired these managers. I knew like the business was growing really rapidly and I knew that I needed management. I knew I needed support. And I was looking for one manager, but this duo applied. (laughs) That sounds bizarre, but they they already had a business. They were already business partners. They were working together and they both were looking for a bit of extra revenue, a bit of extra money. And so they applied for this role. They were like, would you be open to having two people? And they kind of sold themselves to me, you know, like one of them was really people focused. One of them was really analytical and data driven. And I was like, okay, yeah, absolutely. I'll hire both of you. That's totally fine. And so I had these women and they were phenomenal, like the best humans. Like I built such an incredible relationship with them and they really changed my business. They changed my life. They taught me how I could have employees that were also friends and they were just so amazing. But I was learning lessons in business really hard and fast at that point. And at one point in that business, which I've been really open about in the past, I wasn't managing my numbers. And what that looked like was I was counting revenue and I was ego measuring my revenue. I was like, we're making so much money. Like at this point now, we're bringing in 200, $300,000, $400,000 a year, absolutely killing it. And even though on my cash calculators and all my forecasting and all my stuff, it looked like it was right. We actually weren't measuring it properly because I wasn't actually tracking what was coming in versus what was going out. And I wasn't managing or changing those expenses. And so what ended up happening was I kept noticing my bank account getting lower and lower and lower and lower. And I was like, we're making all this money. Why is my account going down? And eventually I sat down with Tim and we went through the numbers and I had this disgustingly sick realization that I needed to make really big changes to the business because otherwise it wasn't going to survive another six months. And 
one of those was we had to cut expenses. And so I had to fire these two incredible humans who I loved endlessly. And the realization of that was painful, but having that conversation, oh, like I will never forget how hard that conversation was. And it's actually making me like feel teary now. It was just so painful. And it was my fault because I wasn't tracking my numbers and I wasn't experienced enough in business, you know, to have learned that yet. And now, (laughs) now we are across our numbers, like nobody's business, but there are some lessons you have to learn the hard way. And yeah, that's, that's why it ended up like that for firing those people, which sucked. And we do, we say that all the time in PMP as well. Like, you know, these people that again, are ego measuring because that's what they taught or that's what they think, or they just don't know that there are more numbers that you need to be tracking in your KPIs. And when you are pricing those offers, like you need to make sure that you're really looking at all of those expenses, which people don't. You're like, oh yeah, 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 that bill comes out and this happens and that happens. And we don't really think about the fact that that's associated with that service. Mm. So it happens way more than anyone would ever think. Totally. And like, that's uh, always something that we massively teach now because I never want anyone to have to go through that. But it's even just like, as you're scaling and you're bringing on team members, you have to be looking at your pricing again and again and again, because yeah, you might've been making massive profit before, but now all your profit's walking out the door with getting that team member on board. So unless you have a way to make more profit, unless you have a way to make more money, or unless you're increasing your prices, you know, very, very quickly, you're going to end up with a very all in, all out business. And, and that's no fun. Definitely. And I think we could probably even do a episode just on that, on people that, you know, they get their profit from their time that they invest in their business. Mm. Like that's where it's coming from. And if that's your business model, if that sounds like something that might ring true for you, watch this space because we'll have something coming up for you very <laughs> soon. <on that>. Yes. <laughs> it's something I know you are so passionate about. Okay, we're going to change gears a little bit and go even a little bit deeper behind the scenes of your business and what's happening. The next one is, have you ever had a moment where you thought it's too hard and you've wanted to give up? Oh, like (laughs) daily? (laughs) I'm not sure. Like all the time. I think that if you aren't kind of having those moments fairly regularly, then you're probably not pushing far enough out of your comfort zone often enough. For me personally, you know, probably the last time that I had that was when I took on too much work, I took on a little bit too much work and I opened up my calendar. I was running PMP, which is our incredible mastermind. And we had, you know, 120 to 130 clients in there. And then, you know, it was working. It was really well systemized. The business runs itself. You know, I'm really lucky to have an incredible team behind me. And I thought, you know what, I've always wanted to do higher level coaching and coach women at a much higher level. And I took on probably a few too many clients at that point with everything else that was going on in my life with being the CEO of a business. You know, I had some family stuff going on and I took on these extra one-to-one clients. And honestly, it just, over the period of like six months, it just completely burnt me out. And there was one point towards the end there where, you know, I didn't want to let anybody down. I didn't want to let my family down. I didn't want to let myself down. I didn't want to let Tim down. I didn't want to let the clients down, but it got to a point where I was like, if I don't make this decision soon, I don't know if my health is going to survive. And if you haven't listened to my podcast on burnout, I have had some really uh, extreme reactions to burnout and I just didn't want to go through that again. And so the last time that I think that I really was like, oh, I don't know, I think I just want to pack it all up and run away and, you know, live in a beach hut in Hawaii and <laughs> just take the money I've got and make it last for the next five, six, ten years and, and just hide it was probably in that moment where I was deciding whether or not to continue on with that additional program with all those additional one-to-one clients. And 
I think sometimes, you know, things are going to be hard in business and things are going to be hard in life. But I do think that sometimes we do make it hard for ourselves and we do make it hard by not making the decisions that need to be made. And so usually if I'm finding that something is really difficult and if I'm finding that I'm in a period of, oh my God, this just feels so hard and I want to run, there's usually a decision that I'm not making and then a decision that I'm reluctant to make and that I actually need to make in order to move out of that energy. And sometimes I think the hardest parts of being in business is sitting in that indecision of, oh my God, I don't know what the right thing to do here is. And I don't want to let anybody down. And you know, once you finally make that decision, everything is clear. And I think Alicia, you'll remember when I made the decision, you were the first person that I actually contacted because Alicia's also in our team. And there was a, like a weight had lifted. It was like a light had switched on because the decision was made. So if you're feeling like that, it, maybe there's a decision that you're not making or you're choosing not to make that needs to be made. And I think just such a great reminder that business is hard, right? Like business, you know, and we hear this and you've just done an incredible episode on this as well, but you know, so many people say it gets to be easy. It's easy. It's fun. You know, you can do this too, which you can, but it is hard work at the same Mm. time. And there are moments of ease. I think like right now I'm probably in a moment of ease in my business and in my life. Like the last, I don't know, couple of months, I've never felt happier. I never felt more on purpose. I've felt more aligned. There are moments of ease, but I know that just around the corner is the next hurdle because that's growth. That's, you know, if you're not growing, if you're not feeling challenged, if you're not moving forward, then ultimately you're, you know, declining. And so for me, like in my pursuit of growth, in my pursuit of finding and fulfilling human potential, there's going to constantly be challenges and hurdles. Love that. Now we're going to get a little bit personal with you, Steph. <laughs> Something that is planning and someone knows that it's happening and it is going on behind the scenes, but you don't share too much on your social media at the moment. Tell us about your wedding planning. That is all that it says. Tell us, Steph, are you getting married? What's happening? I am getting married. It's funny because it's not that I like neglect to show it on social media. It's just that it's just something that's ticking away in the background. And I just don't, I don't actually, honestly, I'm not one of those brides that thinks about it all the time. And I'm very fortunate because I have a wedding planner. So she's pretty much just handling it, which is so amazing. But also like, I kind of chose to be a bit of a hands-off bride because I almost just want to rock up on the day and be like, what is this magic? What is this thing? <laughs> like someone's created this carnival for me and I had no idea that it was happening. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, that's my idea of a dream wedding. It's like, I didn't have to do that much. I just want to rock up and celebrate, you know? Uh, and so that's why I kind of have been a little quiet about it. But yeah, so we're getting married on the 10th of the 11th, 22. Uh, that date was uh, chosen astrologically by a friend of mine, Courtney from Seeking Wild Art, to really represent myself and Tim's birth chart. So, so sweet. It's really fun. I'm having a dress made. I'm having actually two dresses made. Well, a dress that's that could be short and long, of course. It's <laughs> so course. extra. Of course. <laughs> Anyone who knows me is like, oh, obviously. A dress made by Steph Ordino, who's a beautiful designer here in Perth. And so it's going to have two skirts. So it's going to have a long skirt for the day and then a short skirt for the evening, which I'm so excited about. Um, things that people don't know is that Tim is actually German. So his parents are full German. Tim was born here in Australia, but he speaks fluent German, has a lot of German heritage, like basically grew up German, even though his parents lived here because they literally just moved here from Germany. So we're having like a Stein chugging competition at the wedding and (laughs) the boys are going to get into their um, Lederhausen later in the night, which is the German kind of outfits. 
we're having Mexican food because Tim and I literally live eating Mexican. Like if we were to cook, we don't cook that much. But when we do cook, the only thing we cook is Mexican. It's like fajitas, tacos, like, you know, burrito every bowls. Every with you, there's like Guzman and Gomez just appears on the desk. Every- <laughs> so much Guzman. Like, like we went into Guzman once, the one that we order from, like, too often and we went we went in there once and tim was like hi i'm tim and the the online order and they were like oh my god have free burritos on us because we've literally spent so much money because celebrities and gusman that's how you know you've made it i want to change the answer to that question (laughs) i am now free tacos and burritos this is all i want in my life that is success yeah that's it that's it so yeah we're having mexican really beautiful mexican um like the word for our wedding is connection and so for us it's like that's tim and i it's our highest value is connection and for us we want to make sure that the people in our world you know they're coming from all different places of course and so we want to make sure that when they're together they're connecting and they're actually getting to know each other because these are the most important people in our world and so we have really cool little surprises little connection surprises to get people connecting and talking and all the food is like shared so there's you know there's small tables of six to eight people so it's just really like it's a real focus on getting our people connecting and chatting and speaking to each other, which is so nice. We have a marquee because I always wanted to get married under the stars and then a dance floor that's out by a lake in the middle of a winery in the southwest of WA and yelling up. So yeah, it's all happening. It's so exciting. Oh my gosh. And what a dream client are you? I just want to rock up and have it done. Just make it happen for me. Make my dreams come true. I think actually my wedding planner gets a bit frustrated because she's like, no, Steph, you have to make some decisions. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, but can't you? Can't you? I'm like, no, no, no. You just choose, babe. I don't care. genuinely don't care and they think that you do oh it's so exciting i can't wait i can't wait you're definitely gonna have to share some more behind the scenes of that on Sunday okay something. yeah do you it's know what? what the people want it is what it's what the people want i'll share some more i'll share some more <laughs> so good all right we're going to move into some rapid fire questions now and they're just short simple ones so what is the worst thing about you oh my god what's the worst thing about me i'm indecisive Thanks, wedding planner. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? Snails. Oh, gross. Were they nice? Uh, I'm, I'm, do you know what? I don't think I had them well. Like I had them on the street in Vietnam. I definitely should go to Paris <laughs> yeah, and have them. Definitely. Yeah, no, do not recommend. <laughs> do not recommend. Yeah. <laughs> she still lives to tell the tale. Uh, what word would you add to the dictionary and what does it mean? Yas. <laughs> <laughs> Can you spell that for us? Y A A triple S. With lots of exclamation marks. With exclamation marks well. And it mean? means celebrating the heck out of you. Yes, it does. Yes. Yes. <laughs> what did you eat for breakfast? I had two slices of toast with peanut butter. Oh, living on the wild side. I know. That's new for me. <laughs> uh, what's the biggest surprise you've had in the last few months and why? Probably some of the podcast guests that we're getting on in the next couple of months has been pretty surprising for me because they're people who I look up to and that's so exciting and so amazing. And I just still pinch myself that this is something that I've been able to create and that we're attracting in these sorts of humans and that surprises me and blows my mind and is so exciting. You are. You are actually incredibly humble, which I love about you because I'm always like, hey, Steph, this person wants to come on the podcast. You're like, wait, who? What? Where? Yeah, what I'm like, mean? I like cry. I can't handle it. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> it's so exciting. It is so good. What are you researching or learning about right now? 
email marketing, email marketing funnels. I think it's a really underrated, underutilized tool. And I think that most people just don't know how to use it, which is why they don't. And then they all say that email marketing doesn't work, but actually think that potentially it might be one of the strongest marketing forms around and it's just unutilized. Especially at the moment, because I think so many people have steered away from it. So there's this huge opportunity to be somewhere that no one else currently is. Totally. Um, yeah, I'm really, really frothing on it and I can't wait to teach it. If you could make one thing cost $1, what would it be? Mindset coaching. Yes, everybody needs that. Mm, I think everyone, not even wants it, needs it. I actually think the world would be a better place if everybody just had a little bit more awareness over the way that the brain works, the chemistry in the brain, the way that we are filtering and constantly, you know, perceiving the world through our own experiences and that there truly is no right or wrong. There's just your own experience. And I think that if we could get everybody having that level of awareness, I really think the world would be a different place. So good. Okay. This one is not a rapid one, but this is our very last question for the day. Knowing what you know now, would you do anything differently if you started again? No, I wouldn't do anything differently if I started again. I actually had this question the other day at an event that I was at and someone asked kind of a really similar question and said, you know, if you could do anything different knowing what you know now, what would you do different? And I was like, literally not a single thing because even the hardest stuff, even the mistakes, all the mistakes, the firing the girls, the like all of the mistakes that I've made, I had to make to get here. And having those lessons in my tool belt and having those experiences in my tool belt mean that when stuff gets thrown at me now, really, it's kind of like water off a duck's back. I know how to handle it. I know how to deal with it. I know how to move forward with it. And also, I know how to help other people through the same stuff. And that is a gift. And so even through the mistakes, even all the hard times, even all the stuff that I've stuffed up and, you know, money that I wasted and lost and all the coaches that weren't great and that I didn't love, I still wouldn't change any of it because I needed all of those experiences to be here. I love that. Mm. Guys, you have heard it all here, all the unanswered questions, all of them wrapped up with a bow for you. It's been super interesting. Thank you, Alicia, for giving these to me. Some of those were like, I was nervous. Some of those were really fun, though. That was epic. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you for everyone who voted on my stories. We will be doing another one of these in the near future. So if you do see on my Instagram stories another question go up asking for anonymous questions, please, please, please make sure that you jump in and ask anything that you've been wanting to ask. But Alicia, as always, it is so amazing to have you in my world and to have you even behind the mic today. So fun. So good. There's our there's our dictionary word again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Guys, if you love today's episode, I'd love to know what was the thing that dropped in for you today? What was the biggest takeaway for you? And guys, have a really beautiful day. As always, my DMs are always open for you. So if you have any questions, any questions about business or life or mindset, I'm more than happy to help you out. Babe, thank you for tuning into today's episode. It means the absolute world to have you here with me. If you want more, head to the show notes below to check out our latest free resources, along with the exclusive link for podcast listeners to book in a free 15-minute strategy session to find out how you can boom your biz. 